What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another pay-per-view point edition of the Smartout Moment Smack Talk Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango, joined as always by Callum Wiggins. Hello there. And Robert E. Felice. Hey everyone. And as you can tell, this is the AEW Full Gear 2023 pay-per-view predictions podcast. We will be having a post-show immediately following or during the main event of the pay-per-view coming up this Saturday. I keep thinking it's Sunday. I have to keep reminding myself that it's Saturday instead. It's not Sunday, sir. Yeah, I know. I keep thinking it's going to be like, because the, they typically do it on Sundays and WWE switched over to the Saturday thing. And I just got to where I'm used to that. And then they decide to do it on Saturday. And I'm like, you jerks. But that is happening coming up later on this week. So we will, of course, be doing our live coverage and everything else that goes along with that, which means... First step of this is to run down a preview of the card, at least as what it currently is before Dynamite tonight. Going to give our predictions for these nine matches, anything else we think might be added to the card, what else we think might be happening here, potential title changes, what we're excited about, what we're not excited about, and so on and so forth. And as we go ahead and we do that, we want you to do the same in the comments section below. So by all means, make sure that you leave your comments on YouTube. If you're not on YouTube, head on over there and do that, or put something out there on Facebook or Twitter or the post on smartoutmoment.com or whatever method that you want to do, especially if you are wanting to hit the like button on YouTube, then you should be on that front. Make sure that you are also subscribed to our YouTube channel. And if you want to help out on the monetary side of things, click on that little join button that you could see, which gives you access to the same things as the Patreon if you go to patreon.com slash smartgoutmoment, you'll see the dark cast tier, the pick a poison tier, even a dollar a month tier lends a hand in helping us keep the lights on here. And that is the exact same stuff as the channel membership. So I typically say that I think that the preference is to be on the YouTube side because you get the video portion of it in case we're doing any kind of things that I'm doing a screen share on. But maybe you like Patreon better or whatever, or maybe you just want to hit up the little thanks button on there. In any fashion like that, or the Super Chats when we go live, they're all greatly, greatly appreciated, as well as picking up merchandise on Redbubble and Public, which are pretty much going to be on sale, I think, for the whole rest of the year. They typically usually do have, like, Thanksgiving-type sales and Black Friday stuff and Christmas sales, and also now is the best time to pick up T-shirts or stickers or mugs or hats or hoodies or, you know, whatever it might be. Lots of different products. Tons of different designs that you can slap on those products on both websites and the accounts for Fanboys Anonymous and A Mango Tees as well, if you're interested in any of those. But the roundabout stuff that we can get around here for the full gear stuff, number one thing to remind you about for this weekend is to set up those email alerts with that little notification bell. And then, uh, you know, let's get into the pay-per-view prediction side of it. At least as far as what it is right now, there are nine confirmed matches, but there are a few people in those matches that we don't know exactly who it's going to be. We don't know who will team with MJF at the moment. We don't know who is going to be the third person in the TBS championship match. And I'm definitely expecting there to be more matches added to this card because it's an AEW show. I mean, they typically have you know 14 matches or so, and we're only at nine and only one match on the pre-show, which means... There's going to be at least one, if not two or three more, at least added to the zero hour. But generally speaking, it's hard to predict what they add on the AEW shows because it is kind of more on the random side. So 
there's nothing that stands out to me that would be like, okay, they definitely have to add this to it, or at least not off the top of my head. Is there anything that you guys think that they are going to come back around to on Dynamite tonight or on Collision or Rampage on Friday that would be like, all right, well, they're certainly going to add X versus Y. Hook versus Wheeler Yuta for the FTW Championship. That makes a lot of sense. I could totally see that happening. I think we know that Hook is not infallible anymore. He lost to Jack Perry. So Wheeler can pin him tonight. And that sets up a match on Saturday where I think it would actually be a general toss-up, but Hook would probably get the overall win. Yeah, that would be the one that I would say that's the most likely to happen. I think we're going to have some Andrade match on um, on the show as well. I don't know what that would necessarily be. It'll probably be um, set up on Collision, which is taking place on Friday Friday this week due to the um, due to Full Gear happening on Saturday. But I imagine something involving him will happen on Full Gear. Well, as I'm looking through the roster now, I'm like, yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of people can skip this. I don't think that they're going to do anything with like D'Angelo Parker and Ruby Soho thing to try to do a match to shoehorn that angle in there or, you know, maybe, maybe it's just going to be one of those more random things. Maybe they just announce, Hey, it's, uh, you know, we're going to put six people in a trios match just to get them on the card or something, which that I mean, stuff we might get something like, you know, Commandar and Panta and gravity and, Someone else against the the acclaimed have a match, aren't they champions? Well, they're. I, I assume they'll try and at least potentially oh. sell the fact that they were taken out last week and but you know, wrestle. You know what, though, they could always take on like Roddy in the Kingdom. That is something. You, if you wanted to try to shoehorn that in, you could. Blood Club Gold is also there for that. Um, there's, I guess, both not Blood Club Gold because they have a. Bring on our tag team title match, but there's also the likelihood that Coda and Takeshita just gets added. See, I think that some of those matches they might save for just an episode of Dynamite coming up in the future, and they do have like Winter is Coming, and they do have uh, Worlds, Worlds End, right? I'm thinking Worlds yeah. Collide for a split second. Um, everything they've done with Coda so far also suggests to me that they're not comfortable putting him in a singles match. Well, we know that. Uh, Callus and Takeshita said from the onset that he was a target. So perhaps they just come back around to that and do a singles match. You know, one singles match that I don't think that they're going to add, but it's it's a possibility depending on how this episode of Dynamite plays out. They might want to do Powerhouse Hobbs against Paul White. I'm still expecting... Well, this will be out. I'm still expecting either the ending of this match is Hobbs beats Paul White or Paul White hits Jericho. It's what it's Paul White's going to be involved in the finish, but it's going to be like, so, okay, cool. You did your job back to nothingness for you. Like, I I think he turns heel. I don't, I don't think he'll t- I don't think, I don't think he's going to turn, but I sincerely doubt that he'll be able to do two matches in one week let alone walk after the second match, after the first match. So I, I, I doubt that he's going to make it to full gear. 
Did we even do the rules of this whole thing? I don't know if that's been. It's a street fight. It's a Sega. It's a it's a Sega RPG game <laughs> based around. That's the title of it. But it's a street fight. They're gonna beat the shit out of each other for about twenty minutes, and you're gonna like it because look it's at gonna be a little walking bro. It's gonna be a little walking bro stuff. Well, at least from uh, Paul White's perspective. He'll, I mean, he won't do much of the walking. People walk up to him and he'll punch them. And then that'll be... Ah, uh, the Steven Seagal tactic. <laughs> yeah. Look, realistically, Paul White has, like, doubled the career of Andre. If he's at his tail end Andre stage, I don't... Like, I'm not personally offended. I'm not saying you guys are. I'm just saying, <laughs> like, I've heard so much negative backlash on him. It's like, he's barely done anything in his company. I don't think it's egregious to suggest... Yeah, let, let him punch Kyle Fletcher. And then, <laughs> like, it'll be all right. I'm probably, probably coming for a one-off match. I'm not saying that I'm not, I'm not down on that match at all, but it's just a case of it, it's 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 swaved into this uh, whole narrative about the older guys in AEW. So, like, he's just adding on to it, even though realistically he's just in for this one match. The last match that he had on a... AEW show or a big AEW show was what all out 2021. Yeah, he did. Marshall. He did that one match. He did like a handicap match on a dark elevation that nobody probably saw because you guys didn't watch that. Yeah, it's dark elevation. Nobody watched. (laughs) And he's doing this match. I'm perfectly fine with that. I just think that because he's Big Show and it'll be like an LOL Big Show, he's gonna turn on Jericho because why not? That means that you have to do more with him after that. Do you though? Well, no. Well, that's the point. You have him just lose this match, and then we're done with it. Well, just that's have, just that's have why I said that's my other like slam him, and then we're done. That's my other idea. Either he turns on Jericho, or Hobbs spinebusters him, or does the best he can with that, and pins him for three. I mean, I, it wouldn't I, shock me one way or another. It actually wouldn't shock me at all. Like I said, if they do try to do Hobbs versus Paul White on this pay per view, just like a pre show match. Quick, easy, else. you know, whatever. I'm not hoping for it, but there's nothing else obvious that I'm saying. I, I mean, I'd like to have just Claudio have a match on the pre-show. I don't really care who it's against. Just you know, just have a Claudio match. But um, uh, Buddy Matthews is available, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He's not yeah. uh, currently booked. Yeah, that'd be that, fun because they've, they've done they've like done a little bit with the Blackpool Combat Club and uh, and them. So having them have a match that'd be fun. I'll go ahead and say that probably gets added to the zero hour. One one thing that won't be a match, but I imagine will happen during this show, or at least I would hope would happen during this show, is that they announce who's going to be part of this. Um, the this, new tournament? Um, yeah, the new tournament they're doing. They're the Continental Classic. I mean, we only know one person right now. If they want to try to spread it out and do like... Oh, when did, When does it start? It starts the Wednesday. week after. It's, yeah, the day after. Uh, well, the the, the dynamite after full gear. Yeah. Oh, okay, so then they pretty much do have to announce it now. Um, yeah, they I mean, might they announce, announce it. Dynamite, but I think it would be good to have like a as, instead of like having to have like a cool down match, you could just have like you know a three minute block dedicated to just announcing it in the same way they usually do the G one. So, yeah, that would work. Fun. I mean, this is basically going to be their G one. Yeah. So, which I'm all in favor. Of. Like, I think that that was like the best move that they've done in like a couple of weeks it puts the focus back on what people wanted from this company i hope they um i hope they go big with some of the people 
Like, like I hope it's just not one of those things where it's it's like Brian Danielson just like you know Colton Gunn or something. In there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying him in particular, but I I th- hope that they decide at least like nine or ten of these names have to be some of their heavy hitters, and then maybe throw in a couple of the younger guys to like say, okay, this is your opportunity to try and make a mark against some of the the veterans in the company. Yeah, put people in there like Omega and Hangman Page and. And try swerve. to make it seem like it's like the main event group. I think definitely this is a great tournament to get Omega in there. I think this is a good one. And he's the only old guy that I'm kind of pushing to be in this one. Put Edge in there because this is a great excuse to just knock off some of those matches. You know what I mean? That, the way I'm looking at Omega, Brian, and Adam Copeland is just cool you don't think you're gonna be wrestling for much longer do the match with you know edge and brian do the match with omega and swerve like just make sure you get these matches in because you never know what the future holds yeah i agree we've talked about this before do the match now because we've seen too many of them not happen (laughs) and uh and that's incredibly frustrating but at least we know there are nine matches that are currently quote-unquote confirmed. I mean, the card's always subject to change, but there are only there's only one match that's on the pre-show right now, and that is MJF and TBA defending the ROH World Tag Team titles against, you know, we just talked about them, Colton Gunn and Austin Gunn. I am assuming that this is going to come back around to Samoa Joe, but... You you never really know. Maybe they do have something else planned in mind, but I'm anticipating it's Joe and that MJF and Joe retain. All right, well, I guess MJF retains and Joe wins. (laughs) I really... Go ahead, Cal. I'll say that that is the most uh, obvious option to go with, and it's not a bad choice. I mean, as long as... The, I guess it leads to the promise of MJF versus Joe for the AEW World Championship again somewhere before, well, either at Worlds Collide or before Worlds Collide. Maybe whatever's yeah, coming. Yeah, and but that is also in the expectation that MJF retains the championship against Jay White, which we'll talk about later. But I think that that would be a good option to go with. The other, the other ones in my the back of my mind is well, there are other options like he could relent and go with Roderick Strong because he doesn't want the prospect of facing Joe again or he could go with I, I, I'm still I still have the Wardlow thing buzzing in the back of my mind like when Wardlow just decides to team with MJF for this moment or MJF decides to come out alone Wardlow comes out teams with him and then like turns on him afterwards or like uses that as a bargaining chip so it's like now I'm attached to you now I have now I'm part of this tag team like now you've got to deal with me whether you want to or not and but but there as like MJF's got a lot of enemies and all of them could potentially team with him in this instance to uh, to defeat the guns. But either way, I think it's pretty obvious that MJF's going to retain the championship. That's unfortunate. I got to tell you, this ain't the Ring of Honor podcast, but like to just speed it up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? There's no reason to drag this out. MJF hasn't been on a single episode of Ring of Honor. I don't care. I, like, uh, I don't care if I know the reason why that is. 
he should at least appear in a pre-tape. I think it's ridiculous that these belts are just props on a bigger show instead of being props on their own show. So silly to me. I'd rather I'd rather the guns win, but even still, they're AEW people. So you know, no skin off my bones, but no skin off your true. bones. <laughs> it, it's nose, right? <laughs> I thought it was nose, and I was like, that doesn't sound right. Maybe it's bones. Oh, it's yeah. on your bones, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's do my head, Zach, guys. Yeah, there's no tail uh, off my ass or something. Like yeah, but I'm going to say I'm Jeff Woods. You know what would be a pretty interesting outcome, all things considered? I mean, they don't have any of their plans working out with this whole, like, Adam Cole got injured, and, you know, I mean, even Danielson, like he he's not involved in the title picture, but you got to assume that like there's a trickle down effect of constantly things changing and all. The fact that Joe relinquished his ROH title and he said the reason why was because that makes him a hungrier challenger. I'd be interested in an idea of just moving on in the sense that Joe ends up being like, okay, I'll team with MJF. And then he screws MJF over. They lose the tag titles here. And he's like, yep, now you only have one belt, too. I don't think that'll happen by any means. But that would be a pretty interesting outcome to me. And then they could just move on from the RH World Tag Title situation and have proper champions instead of continuing this MJF thing. Otherwise, it's just going to be eventually people beat MJF. And I don't know if there's really like a hook to that. And I don't expect Hook to win, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but I think that that could be kind of interesting. But it's MJF be, retaining here. I mean, come on. I mean, you could do the approach you're taking, but I think it, it runs the risk of making MJF look stupid. Because it's dumb. that's dumb baby face. He decided that he's going to line up with the guy that said that he wants after his title, and then the guy screws him. Yeah, that's that's like dumb dumb baby face territory right there. Or maybe he doesn't even necessarily team up. Maybe he is in the match by himself. Joe comes out and he doesn't even make that call, you know? Again, I don't think that this is going to happen. I don't even think that this is something that they probably workshopped, but I'd at least pitch it if I were in the the writer's room. Well, they don't really have a writer's room. Tony Khan just has a spreadsheet. But <laughs> I do think MJF and blank are going to retain and... Ultimately, MJF, uh, you know, don't worry about blank. Let me worry about blank. I am not as convinced that the ROH, I mean, that the a tag title stay in the same when it comes to them versus when it comes to the AEW world tag titles. That is a Ford way right now. Ricky Starks and Big Bill are going up against Roosh and Drillistico, FTR, and the Kings of the Black Throne portion of the house of black so it's malachi black and Brody king my brain tells me it's not going to change hands because ricky starks and big bill did just pretty much win these but belts change hands in weird ways and it wouldn't shock me if like ftr or russians released to go or you know maybe malachi black and Brody king but i don't think so them i think it's more so uh, the other two teams that could potentially win this. It wouldn't shock me if the titles change hands. 
No, I don't think it's uh, I definitely don't think there would be an absolute weird thing to happen if they draw the belts. I don't expect them to. I think Ricky and Big Bill will retain. I'm more kind of blah about this match because they they do a lot of four way match, three and four way matches for the tag team titles, especially on pay per views and. It's more the fact that there's another match on the show where one of the teams is supposedly, I don't say like number one contenders, but has the title opportunity. And now they've just thrown three other teams into the mix that now have title opportunity straight away. Despite the fact that FTR lost the titles. And so probably shouldn't be in this match. And well, I mean, Rush and Drillistico have won tag team matches recently. So, so maybe they've earned it in that regard. But I don't think Malachi Black and Brody King have won a tag team match in a while. I mean, we know how good they are. It's um, it's like you're you're clutching at straws a little bit because it's a four really good teams, and they'll probably have a really fun match. But I think that it it does have questions about why these teams fight, why these teams fighting, why aren't the young bucks getting their tag team title opportunity here instead? Actually, we should probably lump this in together and talk about it because. Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho are going up against <clears throat> the Young Bucks, and the stipulation for that match is if Omega and Jericho win, they get the future tag team title shot that the Young Bucks have earned. But if the Young Bucks win, Jericho and Omega have to stop teaming, and the kind of like, oh, that's not really great uh, thing that happened about uh, in the past few days from this was some criticism online about man this just doesn't seem like a great setup for a feud and uh, was it nick jackson that had said it uh had nah, responded it was nick jackson yes it was nick then uh had responded to somebody well the alternative was to just not be on the card and i get it and at the same time i just go you didn't have anything else and i assume they're doing this not to set up Omega and Jericho stop teaming, but that Omega and Jericho are going to fight the next champion. So there is a good chance that this ends up being FTR wins the tag titles and then Omega and Jericho go up against them because the continued story is FTR and the Young Bucks. And it might be like, well, see, we beat you and we're also going to beat FTR because FTR is a team that you struggle up against, but Omega and Jericho are a better tag team and all. That would make more sense to me than them going up against Ricky Starks and Big Bill, at least. Yeah, I think FTR is winning the belts. And I'm not... As much as I like FTR, this isn't like me going against FTR. This is like... They're going to win the belts, why don't they just fucking keep the belts? You know? And I know, kind of hypocritical on my part, because over on the other program, when we talk about WWE, I'm all in favor of being some hot potatoing, but AEW doesn't have that problem that WWE has of the, you know, thousand plus days of Roman. So they don't need to balance that out so much. If you're going to just put it back on FTR, then why did you give it to the weird makeshift team of Starks and Big Bill? Granted, we don't know how Danielson getting injured affected this because we were building to like, uh, all of these people and the Blackpool Combat Club against, you know, those guys and um, the LFI. They, they were doing all that stuff, and it's just, like, we don't know how this affected it. But I 
don't know if I want to see the belts go back to FTR. That being said, it feels to me, since what Sean Ross had reported, the minute they won the tag team title shot at WrestleDream, that the only reason the Young Bucks had nothing to do is because FTR wasn't cleared to build the story. But it's weird to me because they're working here anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's uh, kind of all over the place. I, and I know I rambled, but like this. No, I mean the, the booking like, and stuff is all over the place. Yeah. Like, I I just hope that they regroup and whatever happens here, the tag team division gets back on track because that was the bright spot of AEW to me. They do tag team wrestling good. Everybody else does. I think uh, based on these two, I, I still have uh, Ricky and Big Bill retaining. I just think that it's not even a case of them holding the belt. They could have had, had the belt for a, like three weeks or a month or so. It doesn't really matter. That's not the point. I don't really think they need to have like a super long reign with the titles. But I think that the other three choices kind of cancel each other out. And it's like, I'm not a huge fan of people losing titles in multi-team matches because it just feels a bit like anticlimactic i mean sometimes it works sometimes it's a story calls for it as we'll talk about in maybe another match later on in this card sometimes it sometimes play to its advantage but i think in this one it's just free kind of i'll say thrown they're not definitely not friends together teams they're definitely more uh established teams than the actual champions but they kind of just been given this opportunity without ever actually like quote unquote earning it so I'd rather the champions just retain here. And then as for the Golden Jets versus the Young Bucks, I'm sure the match will be fun. Every time you do Kenny Omega and partner versus the Young Bucks in a big match, it is a good, it is a very good match. So I have no doubts this will be the case as well. And Jericho will have his, his working boots on, so I'm sure it'll be fun. I'd assume the Golden Jets are going to win and win that tag team title opportunity and then face uh, Starks and Big Bill down the line, maybe at a... Uh, uh, world's world's end, but um, but yeah, I I think that that's pro- that those are the two uh, routes that I'm going at at the moment. Oh yes, I'm sorry. I do apologize. I did not address the Young Bucks, uh, Golden Jets result. I think this feels like the one where Omega can get another win, but also maybe the Bucks actually beat Kenny finally. Yeah, because they haven't done that. So that is something to keep in mind. I don't hate the Golden Jets the way everybody seems to hate the Golden Jets. However, I do understand the desire to have this be the Golden Lovers instead when you do kind of have Kotobushi under some type of an agreement. I think, um, yeah, I know there's obviously the desire to want to see Omega and Ibushi team up against any team, and we know how good that match... Well, we know how good that match was like six, five, six years ago. Probably isn't to the same level these days with the shape that Ibushi is in. But, you know, it'd probably, it'd probably be fun. I'm sure this match would be good as well. I think Jericho at this stage, funnily enough, is a better worker than Ibushi is. Like, he's just... I know it's not like in better shape, but he, he's, you know, he's doing good stuff. I mean... He had that match with uh, Takeshita a couple of days ago for uh, DDT. And that good match. Was, yeah, really, really I was disappointed match. by the result, but good match. Well, that's the that's the other point I want to bring up. I'm I'm now real 
like I, I'm, I know I'm very blinkered in the fact that Chris Jericho is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. So that's kind of shrouding my judgment and it has shrouded my judgment for many times. But now I'm fully on board with a lot of people's belief that uh, Jericho is, is overexposed and is, uh, isn't really putting people over as in keeping himself in the spotlight in the way that he probably saw guys like Hogan and Nash do in WCW and thought, oh, this, this sucks. And now he's kind of doing it himself. In a weird way, it's like it's a beautiful idea of like it's so full circle that here's Jericho, this guy that was kind of like a scrub WCW when these guys were just taking up all the time and now he's getting to do that. I, I can understand why that would be, you know, alluring, but yeah, I really hated the fact that he beat Takeshita. Hated even more so that Takeshita shook his hand. Because what's the point of all of this? If you're doing that, but that being said, going back to this match, the Golden Jets can't team is such a lame stipulation that I almost hope that they win just because that, that does nothing for anybody. Okay, so we'll never see Jericho and Omega team again. Womp womp. Like, will anybody care? It's clearly back to the elite dissension. So Golden Jets win. I think they face FTR. You're going Golden Jets FTR. I'm going Golden Jets FTR. Callum's going Golden Jets Starks and Bill. Yeah. Now you mentioned before about a multi-person match and titles changing hands. The AEW TBS Championship is going to be on the line in a three-way. Chris Statlander's going up against Julia Hart and either Red Velvet or Sky Blue. Gee, I wonder. Sky Blue. Yeah. It's yeah, Blue. it's going to be Sky Blue. <laughs> It's like, you know, I mean, they might as well have just made it Sky Blue. But um, they've been doing a lot with this whole Julia Hart, Sky Blue thing. Are you thinking that there's going to be a swerve and Sky Blue helps Julia Hart win? Or do you think Julia is going to pin Sky Blue? Or is Sky Blue going to pin Julia? In any case, I think Statlander's dropping the title. I kind of feel I, so, too. I think Julia's going to win, it for the record. I think Julia wins. But it's so funny because as I as those words came out of my mouth, I said, oh, fuck, maybe they're going with the House of Black in the tag match. But I guess we'll see. But I think Julia definitely wins here. Whether or not Sky Blue is actually swerving Statlander. I mean, it's seen, hey, maybe Willow is swerving Sky Blue and Statlander. Like, you know, you just never know. Maybe Willow's actually been infected. Um, but yeah, I think Julia wins. I'd say that I think there might be some nuance to this, which maybe I'm just creating own stories in my own head regarding this, which I think is I think is fine because AEW doesn't create many stories with the women's division, so I can I can make my own in my head. But to be fair, there actually there are two women's matches on this card, which is weird for them. So good 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 on good on them for actually wow. uh, getting good to for you. times. Uh, but um, I think that. The kind of weird linchpin of all of this is Willow, in that Sky Blue has demonstrated that she doesn't like Julia and she doesn't like Chris, but she likes, but she's friends with Willow. And I think that might be due to the fact that they were both misted by Julia Hart, and so there's some kind of like weird, like sisterhood between those two now, where Willow has pretty much rid herself of whatever the um, corrupting force that Julia Hart puts on them, and Sky Blue hasn't. But Sky Blue is connected to Willow because that happened. 
And so maybe so I don't I don't know whether I necessarily see Sky Blue turning on Chris Statlander, but I think what she does in this match will influence Julia Hart winning the title. I don't think it's like necessarily she sides completely with Julia Hart and succumbs to that corruptive force and decides to be like her partner and her ally now and that leaves Chris Statlander and Willow Nightingale on the other side of things. But I think that what she does and how that confliction is portrayed in this match will lead to Julia Hart getting the victory. Maybe like Sky Blue tries to spit in the face of Julia who ducks and it ends up going on to Stylander or something. Maybe, yeah. Or maybe something involving like something happens and Willow comes out and Sky Blue gets kind of maybe even the case of like maybe Willow comes out, gets under say like gets misted by Julia Hart, but gets taken out by Julia Hart during the process and Chris Stylander goes to check on Willow and Sky Blue gets enraged by the fact that she's worried that chris is going to hit is hit, hitting her or get going to attack willow and so she gets super aggressive towards chris statlander and that allows julia hart to pick up the scraps i think there's there, there are multiple ways in go either way i think that julia hart is winning the title here and i think it's a smart move i think julia's getting a lot more over at this point and it's a, a real kind of mark on what she's done so far with this character to give her the title belt we don't need to have after the long reign of Jay Cargill, which has now gone to a pretty long reign for Chris Statlander, we don't need like another super long reign of the title. Yeah, that Jade Cargill reign did wonders for her, though. Yeah. <laughs> it did wonders for the company. It, it, it's, done, it's done so well for her now <laughs> that she's completely disappeared from WWE as well. Right. Yeah, but, but like, she's openly tweeting out, like, I don't have to fucking wrestle. My checks are clear and fuck you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad that like the reason why she wanted to leave AEW then is so that she could wrestle even less. <laughs> you know what? I don't blame <laughs> her. her. I don't blame her. Yeah, I mean, Statlander's been holding the, this belt for 171 days. That's long enough. Not that, like you said, the uh, you know she doesn't need to have a Jade Cargill run. Jade Cargill apparently held her for 508. That is still a gap, but at the same time, 171 days is more than Six a lot months, of other yeah. people end up having. Like the average title reign in a lot of different companies is around like 40 days for certain things, unless you're like Roman Reigns and then it's like 9 million. But um, yeah, 171 days is a respectable title reign. And I do think that it's time for Julia Hart to win that belt. So that's one of those championships that I do think is in jeopardy of switching hands. And I'm going to make sure that I have something pre-written for the pay-per-view of like, Julia Hart defeated Chris Statlander for that because I'm like, yeah, I'm going to just hit the publish button on that one. I'll, I'll put it this way, though. I think that even though I believe Julia Hart's winning the title, I think she loses it back to Chris Statlander at World's End. Huh. They are getting really... They, they like that. Like this, happy this is a big... This is, this is good because this is a secondary feud for the women that we've kind of been looking for at this point. I know they're still kind of restricted on TV to just one match a show, but they're actually... They've actually devoted time to this story. So I think that I think that the likelihood is that it's something involving Julia Hart pinning Sky Blue on this, and that means that Chris Statlander still has a you know a claim to the title and so gets Julia one on one in some kind of gimmick match. See, that I would think right. more than likely that Julia wouldn't drop it back to Statlander, but Julia would drop it to Willow Nightingale. That's right. And that's a good option as well. And then Julia that Statlander can move into the like challenging Tony Storm. Down the line, because yeah, yes. spoiler alert: Tony Storm's beating Hikaru Shida. She's winning that AEW oh, Women's yeah, World Championship. Oh yeah, we should talk about that now. Yeah, uh, Tony Storm is winning, and Mariah May will help. 
and I could not care less. I have been so sick and tired of seeing these two and the people around them feuding for this entire year. And I've said it every event that we've been talking about. I honestly don't even think I'm going to watch the match. I do like that this isn't the outcast thing. There's a different wrinkle. My problem with the wrinkle is they have already overplayed it. Like they went, they went full meme right away. I don't understand. Like it was funny. She's delusional. And they just immediately went, and now everything you do is in black and white. Okay. Uh, I'm look, I like a lot of elements of this. It gets Luther on TV, it gets RJ City on TV. You might think I'm being facetious. I'm not. I think if you've got these people under contract, please use them. I like that it's an avenue for Mariah May. I just don't like that they immediately went, forget everything you know about Tony Storm. She does this now. And so hopefully in my ideal world, I, first of all, I'm going to watch the match because I think the match is going to be very good. Yeah, these, only these Tony would say that. I, yeah. I'm absolutely going to watch the match. But I've think- seen it enough times. They'll need to do something at the beginning of the match to get me interested. If they're just going to do what they've done before, I could go back and rewatch one of the other ones. What if they wrestle in black and white? Then after the first 10 moves, I'll make a judgment call. Because other than like, I've seen black and white before. <laughs> what if it's silent commentary and then it's just cue cards coming up saying that they... That would be very funny. <laughs> then I would watch it for sure. <laughs> No, but I, I, no, but I think that, I mean, it's different than the other matches to a degree because this is now full-blown timeless Tony Storm, whereas the previous ones were just her kind of getting into it. I mean, Hikaru Shida winning the title from Tony Storm in the first place is what sent her on this path. So it kind of is now full circle where she can win the title. It was it was obviously uh, derailed slightly with a, match, a, a show taking place in the UK, and so you have to give Saray the title at that point. But other than that... it realistically this should have been outside of that detour it should just be Hikarashi to beat Tony Storm at uh however many months ago for the title before um all in and then like throughout that time Hikarashi is defending the title against whoever and Tony Storm is gradually losing her mind over the fact that she's no longer the champion and then you just lead to this match straight away or this is the this is the combination of that with just Hakarashida getting a you know a three month frame with the title rather than another five two five week reigns title. But I think that yeah, it's obviously it's disappointing that Shida is now just like transitional champion material. But I think that it is the right choice to have Tony Storm win because there are a lot of other people who she could face going forward that are more interesting opponents or at least have a lot more story built in. So Jamie Hayter will come back eventually and Tony Storm is one that beat her in the first place for it. So there's a story there. There's a story of Mariah May eventually turning on her. So there's that aspect as if she aligns with her in this match, there's Thunder Rosa coming back and they had the initial history with uh, Tony Storm being the interim champion while she was away and being the person that should have won the title or at least like fought um, Rosa for the title when uh, she had to relinquish it. There's a lot of other people coming up that say if Chris Dallin loses the title, there's a good opponent there, there's still Will and Nightingale, and there's some other options there as well that could be worthwhile challenges for a championship. So it's just the right move, and it's unfortunate for Sheeta that it comes at this time. But yeah, Tony Storm's winning. And I'll say in advance too, when it comes back around to Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter, or if they do J- Tony Storm versus 
Britt Baker or any of the people that she's fought a million times, I'm hard pressed to care about that too. I want something new. I don't want the same eight people just, Hey, it's been six weeks since the singles match. They've only had a tag match or something like it's the same problem in WWE. Eventually I just get tired of watching the same thing a million times, but Tony Storm's winning that belt. I don't feel as confident that the title's going to change hands when it comes to the international championship. And Maybe that's just me fooling myself because I don't want it to change hands here. What I want to see is Orange Cassidy win this, and then at least if they need to go back to John Moxley, I want there to be a third match, which I know goes in the face of the idea of me just saying I don't want to see the same matches over and over and over again. But I think that the better story to tell here is Moxley beat Cassidy before. All this roundabout... Moxley gives drops the belt to Ray Phoenix because of an injury, and then Phoenix is injured, so he drops it back to Orange Cassidy because of an injury, and then it's just going to go back to Moxley. I would much rather it be Cassidy proves himself over Moxley, and then at World's End, or, I mean, you, know, you could do this on Dynamite, you could do it on Winter's Coming, but I think World's End is the better way of doing it. You do a gimmick match, and that's where Moxley beats Cassidy. I think that's the way I am going to lean as well with the caveat of a, it would not surprise me at all. if They just go back to Moxley. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me. I'm just really, really hoping that's not the case. They, they like doing their trilogies. Tony, Tony has done trilogies and been like, yeah, you remember that first match that they did on that one episode of Dynamite in May of 2020. And you're just like, well, now I do. Thank you, Tony. Yeah. So, I think that's the likely way to go. It just depends on if they really had other plans for Mox, and they're like, we have to speed this along. Yeah, in my, um, in my ideal world, I'd have uh, Cassidy retain here and then do the, the final rubber match at, uh, at World's End. I think it's just a simple enough story. Like you, just, you told the story in the previous one that Cassidy was... Like worn out so much after having to defend that title so many times over and eventually Moxley was just enough to put him down and then Moxley got injured and taken away and Cassidy's managed to retain well regain the title that he lost all that time ago and now it's a he can go a bit more I guess aggressive or can do something maybe even out of the out of his own character in terms of underhanded nature to help him defeat Moxley and retain the championship here. But fundamentally, this should be the long term aim should be that Moxley ends up with the champ as the champion, because that is what they were planning on doing. And Moxley holding the title as as good as Cassidy's reigns have been with the title, it elevates it to put it on a guy like Moxley, who is, you know, could be world champion any day of the week with how much he's established as like Mr. AEW. So I, I I would have Cassidy retain here and then do some sort of some sort of gimmick match, maybe some kind of either last not last man standing necessarily, because I know we're doing like a Texas Death match on this card, so we don't want to repeat itself too much, but some kind of like <laughs> the orange uh, juice pool match. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily go that route, but but something that gives the effect of you'd have to keep someone like down 
down. Like they're actually like you have to kill them to beat them, that kind of match. And I think that that would work for those two because Moxley can obviously sell any match well because he's got such a, he's such a great promo. So he'd be able to build this up fantastically, and Cassidy would do a good job of it as well. You just have them kind of separate from each other every time they're in contact. They're they're just going to go for each other until one of them finally stays down for good. And yeah, I think that would be a really good selling point for World's End to have the the final match between those two in this one. But for oh, now. You know... Jericho, you know, Jericho said his idea for the Mimosa Mayhem was Onita. What if we just do that? But we add barbed wire, like we make it a Moxley type of. Mimosa? Are, you, are you suggesting exploding barbed wire death match for this one? Yes, but with the uh, with the added benefit of the uh, Mimosa stuff, it's it's the blood orange Mimosa Mayhem <laughs> spectacular. The blood orange match. I kind of like that. I, it's an option, like. And then uh, they could tie that in and be like, it packs a real fruit punch. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> hey, you just said the, the blood orange one. I'm just uh, stacking on top of it. <laughs> and I'm kind of, I'm always on the train of rematches are a good thing if they are telling a more deeper and interesting story, or at least they're building on each other. What I don't like is rematches for the sake of. I mean, we've we've got you know thirty minutes to fill on this show. Let's just do this match again, and there's yeah. just no real. As long as there is an an escalation or a development in the story as a part of it, then I'm totally fine with these two wrestling twice more before the end of the year. I agree. So I'm gonna hope that I'm in the right camp here and say that orange Cassidy retains, even though I do think that there's a good chance that the belt just switches hands, but I do expect the TBS title to change hands, potentially the tag titles, the women's world title. So I'm like, how many more title changes do you need on each particular show? I'm going to go orange Cassidy. I'm also going to go orange Cassidy. Yeah. I'm going to hope that uh, Tony Khan sees the opportunity with this one and decides to have Cassidy retain. Now you guys mentioned the idea of a Texas death match. We have that on this card. Swerve Strickland against Hangman Adam Page. It's going to be fun, of course. I mean, Texas death match, death match with these two going at it. Like, yeah, you pretty much sold on that one. I think it's uh, it's an Adam Page win. Yeah, this uh, this is the best Hangman's looked since the stuff with Punk. I'm just gonna say it, like. He took a dip, and this is the best he's looked. Like, he feels back in control. He feels... This stuff is great. I I think Swerve is doing some of the best work of his career. I just think he's got to give the win back. And that's why uh, Hangman's going to win. Yeah, I don't know necessarily if this would also be like another trilogy that would get uh, blown off at World's End as well. But I think that you do need to give Paige the victory back here. And I think as long as the match is as good as we would expect it to be, it can still elevate Swerve as much as the win in the previous uh, pay-per-view did. And But I think you need to establish, especially as it's Texas Deathmatch, that this is uh, Adam Paige's match. Because eventually you need to build it up to the point where eventually he's going to lose a Texas death match, and then that's going to be a huge deal for the person that beats him in it. Mm. But I don't think that's Swerve right now. So until then, Adam Page should continue to win the Texas death matches that he he has. 
and yeah i think that it will be a really bloody violent affair and yeah i'm looking forward to this one should be a lot of fun it sounds like there's not much to talk about here but that's because it's just pretty straightforward these two will beat the crap out of each other it'll be fun to watch page wins you yeah. haven't said it a lot this year but good things are good like that's <laughs> all you're getting here yeah, and I think that this should hopefully be a springboard. Well, hopefully both of them are in this um, in this tournament. Yeah, they should the be. Finals. They could be the finals. That's your blow-off. That could be, yeah. That would make sense. That but, way that's um, got stakes to I mean, it, but I mean, it doesn't have that, to have a gimmick. Like, a, you know, you can save the gimmick for the Orange Cassidy and John Moxley one, but then there are purposes for Paige and Strickland to go up against each other again. Yeah. I say that, but we all know... Uh, if- Danielson's got a breath in his body. He's the one going to the finals that night. Uh, to be fair, like, if there's one guy that I know that this tournament has been built around, Brian Danielson, yeah. the one guy that I know would would uh, not win his own tournament, it's Brian Danielson. Yes, right. That's so, also fair. And he's also facing Okada at the uh, Wrestle Kingdom, so I think there's a there's a possibility that he doesn't he decides, okay, I'm just going to have five matches and not going to go into the sixth one as well, and just to make sure that my body is somewhat ready to face Okada again. Uh, but I, I think that these two would be a good final because realistically, they both should be main event guys next year, like guys that that are in contention for the for winning the world title next year. So hopefully, this feud has helped elevate them to that level. Well, we have two more matches to talk about here, and one of them is a six man tag or trios. Uh, Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne against Thing, Darby Allen, and Adam Copeland. Ric Flair is going to be most likely ringside on behalf of Sting. I can't say it's going to be the match that I'm looking forward to the most, but when you get this group of people together, at least on paper, it's something that works. But I know a lot of people are putting it out there online. They're going, oh, Adam Copeland's going to turn on Sting. I, I don't see that at all. I don't know where the what? hell they're coming with that. Yeah, I keep coming across that, and I'm like, what the fuck show are you guys watching? <laughs> like, Adam oh, Copeland the helping. The are going to win. Yeah, that's it. It's that, it's that simple. They're going to win the end. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, if there's a time, if, if Edge turned on Sting, I'd be very surprised. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, just to play devil's advocate here, Edge, it's almost like it immediately has already set in that he's there and he's just another guy there. So maybe they're just going to play around and he is just going to have fun and turn heel and join Christian. I could, as I think about it more, I could see a world where that's a possibility, but it seems so ridiculous to do that right away. I wouldn't be shocked if they try to do some kind of edge and sting match, but I don't think it would happen as a result of a heel turn here. I mean, at most, it's because people keep going, well, who's Sting going to face? Maybe it's Darby and Sting against Edge and Christian. And it's like, yes, that is a possibility. I, nothing on TV right now says that that's what's happening. I still just think it's going to be Sting and Darby Allen, just that he actually has a singles match. It's not a singles. That's confirmed. He doesn't want to do a singles. Oh, really? He actually said that? Yeah. Ah. Hmm. Well, that sucks. I don't, I don't think so. I don't want to see Sting versus Dolby Allen anyway. There. Uh, I, I think 
regardless of whether you like it or not, I think it's flared Andrade, and I will say that until someone shows me the card for Revolution. I mean, it very much could be. Well, it just ends that's with a, Sting pinning Ric Flair or something. And that's the big question in this match. Is is Ric Flair going to eat a suicide dive by Darby, Darby Allen in this match? <laughs> you want me to that's read what you? I want to, that's what I want to see in this match. Do you <laughs> like, want me to read it. you the article I just did? I'll just read you the headline. Ric Flair jokes that he doesn't go to work without a blade on his finger and says he'll take aspirin so he really bleeds. <laughs> Okay, so that Ric Flair is coming with with a blade on his finger. Just so you know that, yeah, he's probably going to get some color. Mm. He won't wrestle, but he'll bleed. The match itself should be fun. They usually do really good trios matches anyway. Sting will jump on all three of them from something high, so that'll be fun. Um, I, I don't think they're going to turn Alan Copeland just yet. I think they're still riding the wave of him being part of the... being part of AEW now, so... I imagine that he'll get the victory, maybe pinning Evolutosaurus or Nick Wayne. I don't think he should. I don't think he should challenge for the TNT title. Don't necessarily want to see Christian Cage lose the title to Adam Copeland, just because it's again. I know we're banging the drum on this too much, but it's just old man gives title to old man. I'd like. I'd like Christian to put someone new over. With the title, whoever that ends up being, whether that's a, a Wheelie U or a Daniel Garcia or a Hook or someone like that, just someone new wins the TNT title. Uh, no. But yeah, I think the match, out. I think the match is happening, but I don't think that Copeland wins. I think it's going to be yeah, Copeland yeah, versus Cage at Worlds End, and Cage retains. Copeland could win because again, the TNT Open Challenge, another great excuse to just do some of those matches with Adam Copeland. I guess, That's I my guess, main focus. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could do, you could just transfer Christian Cage and then put Adam Copeland in the role instead, and he's the guy that puts whoever, whoever it is over. I just don't want to see Adam Copeland just beat a load of young guys before eventually dropping it to another young guy. It would just be a case of, because, you know, he'd probably end up losing it to someone who doesn't need it, like like Miro or something. Like they, don't actually, they don't need that title right now. But I think that... Yeah, I mean, it's like this will be a fun match. I'll enjoy it for what it is, and then we'll just see what the future holds for Cage and the uh, the TNT title because that's kind of been put into the background a little bit. And by uh, by the way, I'm a big fan of the Patriarchy as a as a faction. Though. I really want them to work with Hangman so we can establish that it's not about horses. <laughs> that is, uh, I, I Callum probably didn't see the Barbie movie. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> No, I have not. I have not seen the Bowie movie. And just for the record, because people, if people do comment or whatever, I haven't seen Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer either. So it's not a case I chose one over the other. I haven't seen either movie because I don't watch movies. You're not a movie guy. That's right. Okay. You would like Oppenheimer better for sure. I'm. I'm sure I would. I think. Yeah, I, I think probably, you actually probably would like that. You should uh, check it out when you get a chance. I'd probably like the Bowie movie as well. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, fun. I, I think you would. It was. It was pretty good. I think that you would. Definitely appreciate. I'm a, hist- I'm a history guy, so right. like I'm more so. Yeah. Um. Our main event is for the A to B World Championship. Thankfully, they're not just going to be like, well, that. You no, know, it's another one that he's not on there. Uh, MJF is defending against Jay White, who keeps stealing that belt, so he's going to get it back. The end. <laughs> I'm not as excited for this as I was hoping that I would be. To be honest, I do think that the match is going to be. 
fine, if not good. And, you know, I'm like, there's much worse scenarios that they could have done here, but this hasn't been my favorite feud. And it's mostly just kind of been on the back burner to me. Like, they've got all this whole Adam, Adam, all that crap, too. Like, there's just MJF's in too many directions, and it took away from the Jay White thing for me. So now I just feel like it's like, all right, well, who does MJF fight at World's End? Because that's the match that matters, not this one. I really just want to say real quick, I think these storylines are stupid. I think the <laughs> idea. No, I think the premise of, hey, I'm going to steal your belt and that the owner of the company wouldn't just say, hey, I need my world champion to have the physical title as he's defending it. Thanks. Or at least a, a stupid promo from Max saying, and Tony Khan wanted you to give it back, but I said no because I'm, I'm going to take it off your hands. I mean, they just did that in WWE with the whole uh, Sami Zayn stole the briefcase. And then the next episode of Raw was like, yeah, Adam Pierce forced you to give it back because you stole it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, that's silly. And I don't, I'm not going to give WWE any brownie points for logic, but it's silly that. He's been without the title for, like, what, a month? How long has he been without the belt for? It's been a really long time, and he's been defending it more than ever, and it's like, hey, guy who's fighting for title, aren't you pissed that the actual belt that you're fighting for isn't here? That aside, because that's really minor in the grand scheme of things, it should be a lot of fun. Because he's had uh, been without his title for so long, he has to get it back. Otherwise, we really failed. So, unfortunately, I can't say Jay White wins, even though I'd really like him to. I just hope that we see some kind of reveal here. You don't need to reveal the devil. Take one of the masks off the hooded guys. You know what I mean? Like, do something. Move that story forward. One thing I'm fairly confident about is that on this episode of Dynamite, MJF is going to cut a promo that just pretty much wipes away any of the any any bad will towards this feud and this match happening and just make you really excited for it because that's kind of that's kind of his uh, little party piece that he can do. But I think that I think the match will be a lot of fun. I think that Jay White, when he has the right opponent and has the right structure about him, is one of the best wrestlers in the world. And MJF is obviously great and has done had great matches with pretty much everyone he's gone up against before in AEW. So this should be no different. Um, I think that. I mean, my biggest kind of hot take around this is that I think that the whole, ever since Double or Nothing, um, MJF's been kind of a net negative for me for AEW, which is a weird thing to say when he's kind of like the focal point. And many people would probably say that, oh, he's the one who's making things like a lot more sensible and he's the reason why I'm tuning into AEW. But I kind of think that him being the reason why people are tuning into AEW has kind of disintegrated a lot of what the other reasons why people were tuning into AEW, which is, you know, the kind of, I don't want to say more logical storytelling, but the more less sports entertainment heavy feuds and angles and aspects and matches, which is kind of what MJF is very much at the heart of. And the fact that he's the centerpiece of the company has kind of made a lot of other parts of the company more of that, more goofy or comedy quote-unquote sports entertainment style 
and yeah i'm not i've not been a huge fan of it, especially not recently and yeah so i'd say i think the match will be good and i don't think mjf is losing just based on the fact that the whole next pay-per-view is seems to be building up a bevy of challenges for him to face and built around him coming back to uh new york and doing that stuff so i think that it's it's highly, highly unlikely that he loses it to Jay White here. He gets his belt back and he gets to uh to win yeah, gets to win and then we'll see whoever that's up next, whether that's Joe or Wardlow or Roderick Strong or Adam Cole or anybody else, whoever that ends up being. But hopefully at least this uh rounds off this part of the story well and we get at least some progression with the um with the devil character. Do you think that there's gonna be a reveal about the devil? Nah. Well, the, I don't think the devil himself is going to be revealed. I don't even think there's going to be like an unmasking or something like that. I think the devil is going to do something on this show, but it's not going to be any reveal on who it necessarily is. Just like, ah, that's cheeseburger. <laughs> what do you want the devil to do? Um, like, what could keep you intrigued? I want him to. Yeah, want them essentially because we don't know. We don't know for certain just yet. But I want them to. Um, I don't know because they can't just take out NJF because I don't know if that's like. What if they take out Joe? What if they take out Joe tonight? Like really bloody him up. It's kind of an. It's kind of an odd. I, mean, I guess it would make them feel more threatening because like beating up Samoa Joe is a lot more a lot more impressive than beating up all three members of the Inclined. But I think that maybe they could do something where, I mean, we know, I guess, I guess there's been a, Max kind of does things for a reason, even on like Twitter and stuff like that. Is there some kind of reason why he's now revealed that he's, he's dating Alicia too? You know, that's, that's a great point. I think Alicia too probably just wants to put him in her vlogs. Maybe. But there, there is the reality of Richard Holiday is free, Hammerstone's free. Like, no, I'm not saying we have an, a big MLW reunion. I'm more just thinking about the fact that like the devil just takes her out or something or threatens her. Oh, but and like she would have to be. They would have to establish that she's like arrived at the building with him or something. Uh, it's you not impossible. You could do that. You could do that in one week. You do that. This this episode of Dynamite, she comes like. Like you see MJF like talking about her. maybe she's like in the front row of the crowd and says like just says some nice things about her and then at the pay-per-view she gets like threatened by whoever the devil is and just tries to make things more personal with MJF. It's pronounced a toot. It's a toot. I thought it was a tout. It's Canadian. No, that was that stupid uh, social media app that WWE tried for a while that didn't work. Hmm. Uh. <laughs> by the way, MJF and Alicia, too, is the most Barney Stinson, Robin Trubatsky thing I can possibly conjure up in the world of wrestling, where <laughs> this, this smarmy douchebag dates this well-meaning Canadian woman. They always remember the, the initial interviews where he would uh, call her a pro- pirate whore. Call her Tits McGee, <laughs> a pirate hooker Tits McGee of Whore Island. Yeah. yeah. So that's just middle school flirting. <laughs> I, I guess so. <laughs> He's just like, uh, you know, throwing like a, a spitball at her and stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then they end up getting married or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't anticipate any kind of uh, reveal 
of the devil character here. I think they're going to do that on Dynamite at some point leading up to World's End. But Yeah, but, you know, there's like five guys you can unmask. Oh, it's going to be Sonata figure on out, them? Figure <laughs> out one of them. Oh, God, shut up. <laughs> Come on, you miserable. walked right into that one. <laughs> I did walk right into that. You're right. <laughs> yeah, so we're all going MJF retaining here. And, yeah. um, yeah, maybe it just ends with him getting that belt back and it's like, you know, happy go lucky at the end. Maybe they end up doing a tease or something or whatever, but that's right, the so, current lineup. So I'm going to ask this because it plays into this weekend, it plays into next weekend. Just yes or no, round table, do we see CM Punk in a wrestling ring in the month of November? Maybe. Your dick. <laughs> I'm leaning more towards yes at this point. I am. They, they've been they've been doing too much on WWE. I, I am leaning towards yes, and I think it's I think it's Survivor Series against Nakamura. I think he's fighting Nakamura. Uh, yes, that's what I think too. Yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> like, I don't know because it's just I don't want to like. I don't. I said I can get my hopes up. It's not like I'm like super excited one way or the other, but I just think that. No, it'll get it'll get a lot of buzz going if he does come out in Chicago and face his Nakamura. But, but yeah, basically the entire premise of the company seems to be getting across the point of it's not CM Punk. CM Punk is not going to be here. Stop saying the same sort of acting like CM Punk is going to be here. So, but then obviously everyone else in the uh, in the writing department is just making a load of uh, CM Punk quips in this in the, in the scripts they're giving them. So, so you know. I don't know whether it's just one hand is just doing one thing just to troll people or they are, there is a legitimate uh, belief that Punk is coming back in. But um, I'd be su- I wouldn't be surprised if he's uh, in AEW soon. Not AEW, back in WWE. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you like the last Instagram story he put out was him uh, showing with a devil's horns. Yes, so but that was so also... A WWE commercial. He's yeah, a WWE really... commercial where he's doing devil, devil horns. So he's literally like playing both sides, and maybe he's just doing it to pop himself at this point. I, like, there's part of me that hopes good he chance. is because he he's really fucking funny. <laughs> like, I, I do think that it will be Star Series, and the only reason I say that is as simple as they have kept Nakamura on TV, and he keeps talking. And to me, it's like if you didn't have a plan, you wouldn't be doing this. Nakamura's been there long enough that you're not just suddenly using him. But yeah, I just wanted to get that out there because, you know, there are some people who have completely convinced themselves CM Punk's under the devil mask, and I just don't see it. Yeah, the Nakamura thing is really strange in that there's not anybody else lined up that would make any sense. It's not like it's like, yeah, we're really doing this Nakamura thing because we can't wait to tell the story between Nakamura and Ivar. Well, like. I'll- I'll, I'll put it this way as well. Like, I know this is like a weird way to end an AEW podcast, just talking about WWE <laughs> stuff, which is kind of like against my rules in the most part of things. But we don't even know that Nakamura's having a match at Survivor Series yet. So, right. True. And of course, but if I, they if they announce anything ahead of time where it's like Nakamura has an open challenge, that's going to make everybody speculate even more. But exactly. I do think that there's a chance that they they run the risk of being like, if we don't do something with that, people might end up hijacking the show a little bit. Not that that would, okay, well then we'll just sign CM Punk or whatever, but they're teasing it too much and they would be stupid in a lot of ways. I think to set up some stuff just to piss people off. And 
yeah, I mean, I, they want to drum up some support here. So I'm sure that like Tony Khan's like said, they're going, yeah, I want them to think that CM Punk is going to be the devil. And WWE is like, yeah, I want them to think that Punk's going to be in Chicago because then they're going to tune in. But eventually you, you do burn a couple bridges if you don't follow through. And I don't anticipate him popping up in AEW. I still don't think that there's even like, I lean more towards the idea that he would pop up in WWE than back in AEW. But I certainly don't think it's a guarantee one way or the other. And, uh, it would be more shocking to me if he popped up at full gear and was revealed as the devil than if he popped up at survivor series. I'll say that. Yeah, I agree. I just wanted to touch on that because people do think he's the devil. Mm-hmm. I mean, he might be, but in a different way, according to them, you know, sure. <laughs> some people out there are like, you know, Doritos are the devil. <laughs> like, you know, it's just, uh, and Jesus is my waffle. You know, it is what it is, but that's the full gear pay-per-view point predictions. Ending on a note about a waffle. I don't know why. And the <laughs> pay-per-view post show will be coming up after the pay-per-view although i am interested as i said in potentially starting the pay-per-view post show during the main event so let me know if you would be interested in tuning in for that drop a comment below send a tweet whatever it is just convey that message to me because the more people that are interested in that the more likely that i will do that and that could be fun in and of itself just to be like all right during the main event we can talk about all the other matches while we're watching that have live reaction to the main event, whatever. We've done similar things in the past. Sometimes it's been something that people have fun with. Sometimes people just tune in after the fact anyway because they really just would rather watch the pay-per-view on its own. So what do you like better? Do you want me to do that or do you want me to just wait? Let me know. We'll factor that in over the next few days and on Saturday we'll make a judgment call. You will find the links on the uh, post-show stuff on the Mega Maniacs. You'll find it on the page on smartcatmoment.com for the live uh review of the I mean, the, the results coverage you'll find a link on the wrestling news post that i'll do you'll find that all over the place and also make sure that you have your email alert set up because then you know when we go live in case it is during the main event but that's happening then now you need to go around and click on all the other things that i've mentioned before follow us on facebook and twitter at smart moment go over to fanboysanonymous.com and check out what's happening over on the blue brand make sure you are subscribed to that youtube channel follow that facebook and twitter Check out things like the uh, Turbo of Power Rangers movie fan tracks. That's the most recent thing that was up there where we talk a little bit about some of the uh, blueprint project stuff like the uh, Absolute Power Rangers, a Mighty Morphin Epic. That was that was awful. That was not good. <laughs> not, a good was, not a good movie. You should watch it because we're dumb during it. But like it wasn't a good movie. <laughs> And also make sure you go over to the link tree on amangotree.com and follow everything that you can see there. The Facebook stuff, the Twitter stuff, everything from Smart Cat Moment, Fanboy Synonymous, and my stuff at Tony Mango. Follow Robin Callum as well. Yep, follow me everywhere at Dude Felice. Check out Fightful, uh, Fightful Select, best $5 in the industry because right now Sean Ross Tapp literally just posted an update on the AEW Devil. So if you want to know more, check out Vital Select. Uh, you can check out all my stuff at Dude Felice and DudeFelice.com forever coming soon. Callum, what you got going on? 
You can find me on Twitter at Wigmeister14 and check out the Power Rankings every Saturday on SmartCatMoment.com where I rank the WWE superstars based on their previous week's performances. And then also on SmartCatMoment, you can check out the Fantasy League or head to www.fantasyleague.com where the teams have been shaken up a little bit based on the uh, recent results of the Crown Jewel predictions. So in the meantime, since we've lost, uh, giving you a bit of an update, uh, Tony has added both Logan Paul and Kyrie Sane to his roster. Uh, uh, <laughs> Rob has added uh, Julius Creed of uh, Diamond Mine to his group after the recent uh, appearance on Raw. And I've added NXT Women's Champion Lara Valkyria and have traded in Randy Orton with all the uh, assumptions that Randy Orton will be the uh, extra man or the fifth man in uh, the War Games match at Survivor Series. So, so yeah, follow that along, see how all points are picking up, and, uh, yeah, see how Survivor Series changes that, because there will be another prediction contest. Okay, okay, everybody. Before Survivor Series, though, we do have this full gear thing, so check that out on SmartOutMoment.com, and we will be coming back around to that later on this week after the hot tags to talk about what happened during the pay-per-view. But the hot tags this week are going to be a day earlier, or a night earlier. I don't know if we're going to do that tomorrow afternoon or if we're going to do that tomorrow night rather than Friday. But if they announce anything new on Dynamite tonight, then we will factor that into the hot tags and update the uh, pay-per-view predictions on that front. But in the meantime, click on that like button, drop your comments, and we will see you next time. This has been another Smart Out Moment, and we are being counted out.